When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back to the Silver Fortune channel. I want to welcome a new guest uh, to the podcast today, Patrick Yip. Uh, Patrick Yip is the Director of Business Development at Atmex and OneGold. Patrick, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on, Matthew. Um, so, you know, <laughs> so we're kind of talking before we went on the air here about how this is, you know, podcasting, doing this uh, kind of on behalf of Atmex is, is kind of a new thing to you. And, and so I think it would only be appropriate that we start off with kind of an intro from, from yourself as far as, you know, who you are, how you got into precious metals and, and working for Atmex and One Gold. Um, kind of just tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So uh, as Matthew mentioned, I'm the director of business development at Atmex and One Gold. Uh, I believe most of you know who Atmex is, but for those of you who don't, uh, Atmex is the largest online precious metal retailer. Uh, we've been in business for over 20 years. We have 11 billion in lifetime sales, about 2 million customers, and over 25,000 products in stock. I've been with the company for over 10 years now. Most recently, I'm managing the company's fastest growing subsidiary, which is OneGold. Uh, OneGold is a platform backed by Atmex and Sprott that allows customers to own vaulted positions of gold, silver, and platinum in a few minutes at very attractive premiums. Uh, in terms of me, I've been in the precious metals uh, business for quite a while. My grandparents were actually in the business in, in Hong Kong, and the precious metals have always been an interest of me. I had my first gold coin back in 1988, so always been something I've been passionate about. Okay, great. So, so you know, one of the things I wanted to – I always ask people when I'm talking to somebody from, from dealers, somebody that has kind of an insider view sort of of, of what's going on in the market – is you know what what type of insight can can we get from from you? So I, I wanted to ask you you know between Atmex between Atmex and One Gold, uh, what's been your experience so far in, in terms of of retail demand for silver and gold in 2021? So the past two years, uh, the precious metals markets have been booming. Uh, that's probably a, a great understatement to anyone involved in the industry. Uh, 2020 was a record in many ways. Uh, on the Atmex side, we had about 300,000 purchasing customers and did almost $2 billion in, in retail sales. Uh, we didn't think it was possible to have a better year than 2020, uh, but 2021 is, is proving us wrong. Um, year to date, we've had exceeded over a billion in revenue, over 200,000 purchasing customers, and we're not even halfway through the year. Um, on the OneGold side, business is booming as well. Um, OneGold is a two-and-a-half-year-old company. We now have over 80,000 customers, did over 200 million in sales during our second year. Uh, and then we're actually on track to have a, hit a new record this year in 2021. So, you know, one of the things that is always on my mind and a lot of other, you know, precious metals investors is, is we like to see the, the in-stock indicator. We want to buy precious metals, but, but, you know, there's a lot of people that are looking to buy enough so as to, you know, essentially disrupt the, the physical precious metals market, you know, for a variety of reasons that we could go into. But but I wanted to to ask you, you know, with this high demand in 2020, followed up by by really a, a crazy start to 2021, you know, what type of insight do you have as to how this has sort of affected the uh, kind of the wholesale or wholesale to retail market? Yeah, 
Uh, so sure, the, the past two years have definitely been a departure from the, the norm and, and definitely not been business as usual. Uh, let me start with retail products. Uh, obviously, we all know of COVID and the supply chain of, of everything being stressed. Um, it's not a surprise that the precious metal supply chain was stressed as well, uh, which is leading to a tightness of retail products. Um, just to give you a, a high level introduction to all the parties involved in the production and distribution of retail products. You have the banks and mines that sell metal. You have the mints that refine metal, make the product. You have, obviously have the distribution companies. Uh, and then finally, finally, the wholesalers and retailers. Um, due to many of the parties having limited hours uh, due to COVID, there's a tightness in retail products, uh, which is resulting in premiums spiking to anything higher than what I've ever seen. I think a good analogy of this is, is the toilet paper example that we saw last year. At some point, people couldn't get toilet paper in the stores. Uh, there wasn't necessarily a shortage of toilet paper, but the supply chain got overstressed, which led to kind of a short-term shortage. Um, going to the wholesale market, um, it's slightly different. Uh, product is available. Um, these are the 1,000-ounce silver bars and 400-ounce uh, gold bars, but premiums are much higher than we typically uh, see for example, two years ago, when we started One Gold, we could purchase 1,000-ounce silver bars for roughly three, three cents over spot, so basically right at the cost of the metal. Uh, now premiums are about 10 times higher, so we're paying 30 cents over spot for the 1,000-ounce silver bars. Uh, and there have been instances last year where the 1,000-ounce silver bars were just not available in the wholesale market. So I don't know if, if, if we're going to see tightness going forward, but it's it certainly what what some of the silver squeeze and, and the demand for silver in the last uh, two years have, have def- definitely stressed the silver supply. So on the retail side, you're talking about high premiums. And and certainly we saw that, uh, you know, kind of starting probably in March of, of 2020, especially when you had that, that really rapid spike in, in demand, COVID-related demand, um, paired with what you were talking about, the, the supply chain disruptions. Uh, which, which, like you said, you know, affected a lot of different markets. You know, nowadays, you know, about a year plus from from kind of the initial spike in in demand. How much of of premiums today would you say is still related to supply chain? You know, COVID related supply chain dis- disruptions versus um, just just other, you know, like you said, supply chain, just a lack of of retail, you know, products. Like you said, you know, wholesale. 1,000 ounce, 400 ounce bars, those are uh, um, those are still available on the market. Uh, and, and so some would be, you know, left asking, you know, where, where's the where's the bottleneck between, um, you know, a low premium, a 1,000 ounce silver bar and, you know, a, a high premium, you know, 10 ounce silver bar? Yeah, a lot of it has to just do with, with a lot of the, the, the mints, the manufacturing, the distribution. Uh, it, it's just there's there's a lot of different parties involved in, in changing a 1,000-ounce a, a silver bar to a 10-ounce silver bar. Yeah, you know, one of the, one of the um, you know, analogies that I like to think of, you know, a lot of, of people here in the precious metals space, um, whether it's because of, of political ideology or just other philosophies or whatever, they're very, there's a decent amount of overlap with, with something like uh, the firearms community and, and, you know, ammo shortages have been something that have been um, almost perennial for the last, you know, 10 years for a variety of reasons. And, and a lot of times people will look at uh, for instance, 22 ammo and, and see a shortage on the shelves and, and, and they'll say, you know, there's a shortage year after year. Why don't these companies just ramp up uh, 
um, production. And kind of what you're talking about is, is, you know, there's a lot that goes into, in the case of silver, going from a, a thousand ounce bar to a, a one ounce round or a 10 ounce bar. And if those shortages and, and those high premium periods are only short lived, well, you know, maybe that's not a worthy investment to make, you know, for the time being, because that's going to be a, uh, you know, a fair bit of investment in terms of, of capital expense that you might not see a return on. Is that sort of what you're seeing? Yeah, um, it, I, I was hard to, to know how deep this market is. Um, if I had to make a statement, I would say that silver is getting short. Um, for example, in the last couple of months when we had the silver squeeze, uh, Sprott and, and the PSLV actually had to source a lot of silver uh, to meet the demand of their product. And they had to make a couple calls, uh, go through a, a couple different vaults in the U.S. and in Canada to source all the silver. So it wasn't as easy as just making a, a phone call. Um, so my assumption is is silver is getting relatively tight right now, um, tighter than we've seen in, in modern times. So so you brought up uh, the silver squeeze, you know, a big part of it's been Wall Street silver and the Wall Street silver movement. And thus far in 2021, for those that don't know that have been in this space, but have been you know hiding under a rock, you know, essentially the silver squeeze movement uh, was was something that that really started probably at the you know beginning of February. That's really when it started to gain momentum, and and it sort of uh, rode on the coattails, sort of 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 the I don't know what you'd want to call it, the the Wall Street bets, the the meme stock, the short squeezes of, of stocks like GameStop and others. And, and people began to ask, you know, can we do something like this with silver? Um, and then it sort of kind of branched off from that into its own kind of entity, um, whereas as Wall Street bets and, and GameStop and AMC and all that, they, they've gone in their own, own direction. Wall Street silver and the silver squeeze movement have have really had sort of a sustained uh, effect and a sustained presence in the, the precious metals market for the last few months on the retail side in the form of, of you know, thousands of retail investors uh, choosing to buy mostly physical, you know, some some will buy things like PSLV, but mostly uh, physical um, in their own possession type of, of silver and, and, and to some extent gold. And, and that's really what, what Patrick is referring to here in terms of the silver squeeze the silver squeeze movement, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, is this notion of like these raids. So, so again, for those that aren't familiar these raids refer to a, a basically a coordinated, you know, effort to um, have an impact on the market. Um, in, in this case, that the retail market uh, buying large amounts of, of physical, mostly silver um, from retailers such as Atmex on, on a specific date, sometimes at a specific time, um, you know, in, in order to try and, and you know, shoot, cause a shortage, um, jack up premiums, what, whatever the, their stated goal might be. I, I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on that. Is that something that you guys have experienced in the past few months, these, these so-called raids? Yeah, we've definitely had uh, our fair share of uh, people coming in on a certain day and, and buying. Um, one comment I do have uh, – regarding the silver squeeze is if the goal is to squeeze a silver supply, my thought is the best way to do it is, is to probably target the thousand ounce silver bar market. Um, this is a market that won gold and, and some of these funds typically purchase large silver bars. Um, so these bars aren't necessarily in comics warehouses, but they are comics approved uh, and can be used for delivery of a few futures contract. Um, 
as I mentioned before, uh, the silver market dried up in terms of the wholesale market uh, before last year. Um, basically, when, when demand just basically outstripped the supply. Um, if we ever run into a situation again when uh, the, the wholesale market gets dry again and there's a buyer that needs silver regardless of price, let's say for some type of manufacturing or something where the silver makes up let's, uh, a small portion of, of the overall good price, I could see the silver price dramatically increasing because this, this manufacturer may say, I need silver regardless of the price and, and I need it to make my end good. So, so you know, kind of talking about the thousand ounce bar market as well as just the broader retail market and and, and Wall Street silver and, and silver squeeze. So it's been a high year of demand thus far. Um, what what are your thoughts as far as going forward? Never mind just you know the price of of precious metals, but as far as demand, do you see this as something as something that's sustainable? And let's say it is. Let's say what we've seen year to date in 2021 continues through the end of the year. You know, what is the physical silver market look like at that point? Yeah, I think this uh, this new pace of buying is definitely sustainable. Uh, in the last, especially in the last year or two, we've seen a lot of new customers uh, get into precious metals. I think this whole Wall Street silver uh, silver squeeze movement is is helping people to basically recognize an asset class that maybe has been ignored. I know a lot of times precious metals are kind of viewed as, as you know, may, maybe, you know, kind of a fringe asset, but I think this is, all this news is, is getting it definitely out into the public, which, uh, which could only help the metals price. Yeah. And, you know, I would add that, that looking at the price of, of silver right now, it's not, um, you know, if, if you're a new investor and, and you look at the price today compared to, let's say, 2011 uh, or even 1980, and you look at inflation adjusted prices then as well, uh, it's still at a at a reasonable level to to a new investor. And and we've seen periods in the past, you know, I'm thinking kind of in, in between 2011 and, and uh, you know, the 2020 spike in demand. Um, we saw periods in the past where for several years, you know, silver investors were able to maintain uh, a really high amount of demand. I'm thinking, you know, 2014, 15, 16, um, a, a high amount of demand in the retail space. And, uh, and, and that's something that, that I think we have to bear in mind, you know, that, that this is gaining momentum, gaining, um, I guess what you could say, you know, followers or gaining um, um, new members to, I guess, the movement, uh, but but that their their buying power uh, we've seen in the past that, that silver investors um, can be can be tenacious in the demand side. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to to uh, ask you about. So you've been talking a lot about gold and silver, and so I oftentimes kind of make the assumption that that a hundred percent of my you know, listeners right now are people that are in the market and, and, and are kind of sold on this idea of silver and gold and they don't need convincing. They're just here for, for other information, but I have to remind myself that that's not always the case. And, and also, I think it's also helpful to, to hear other people's thoughts and opinions on why precious metals make sense in the first place in terms of, of part of one's investment portfolio. So, so why should investors care about gold and silver, especially uh, in, you know, 2021, which, which has you know, been a, a a crazy year kind of now since, since from 2020 going forward, it's, it's been a, a pretty crazy time in the financial space. Um, and, and, and I want to hear your thoughts on, on why they make sense. Yeah. So one of the strongest arguments I have for precious metals is portfolio diversification. 
Um, typically, uh, when let's say you're a mainstream investor, uh, typically you would go through, through a financial advisor and the financial advisor would recommend a combination of stocks and bonds. Um, and you'd select an allocation depending if you want a high return, high volatility portfolio or a low return, low volatility portfolio. Um, gold is actually a negatively correlated asset to the S&P, meaning that as gold goes up, the stocks generally go down and, and vice versa. Um, so looking at the last 50 years of data and then 10-year average returns um, on the, that 50 day, year, years of data, it's actually possible to have almost the return of 100% stock portfolio, so basically a high return with less volatility than a bond portfolio uh, by holding an 80% S&P mix and 20% gold mix. Um, the numbers actually work out to, to the following. So stocks, if you look at a portfolio, basically have a 7% annual return. 5% standard deviation. Uh, bonds is a 5% return, 3% standard deviation. So obviously lower return, lower standard deviation. The S&P portfolio has a 6.7% return. So almost right there of the stock portfolio, a little bit lower, uh, but a 2.7% standard deviation. So lower than the bond portfolio volatility. So for me, I always say like for someone who may be a mainstream investor saying, hey, why, why should I care about this, uh, this metal that doesn't do anything? Well, use it for a portfolio diversification. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a that's a great point. There have been a lot of really well done studies on that in the past that show that uh, just just a simple gold position. We're not even talking about all in. Uh, we're not even talking about uh, silver and gold miners or anything like that. That it is a diversification. You know, people use the term you know, hedge and whatnot. You know, I'd add the caveat that that um, you know, there's some days where where you look at the market and you see gold and the stock market both to the upside or vice versa, and 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 so so you know when you're looking at, at the broader scheme of things, you, you're right in that that the S and P and gold are are inversely correlated. And, and I'd add that, you know, generally speaking, um, something like the U.S. 10-year yield or, or you know, a similar, you know, sovereign um, debt yield uh, generally is also going to be inversely correlated with gold, meaning that as, as uh, yields go down and, and prices go up in, in the bond market, um, that generally correlates well with, with a rise in the price of, of precious metals as well. You know, I've, I've talked about this in the past that essentially, you know, you're, you're comparing one safe haven asset to another. And, and, you know, one of the arguments against gold oftentimes is that it's, it, it just sits there. It doesn't have a yield, you know, doesn't, doesn't have a dividend, doesn't have a yield. Um, and yet when you compare it to something like a, uh, a zero or negative yielding um, sovereign bond, uh, it starts to, to sort of make a little more sense. Is that, is that something you see as well in the market? Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, you know, one one other thing that that I, I wanted to to talk about kind of before we we segue into talking about Atmex and and One Gold is uh, well well I start I start off you know before we were on the air here saying I don't want to put you on the spot and I don't but I do want to hear your thoughts on precious metal prices kind of going forward I mean nobody's going to hold you to it but I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I typically look at a lot of different uh, technical analysis uh, tools. I look at pitchfork analysis, stochastics, Bollinger Bands, uh, moving averages, particularly the 20-day simple, 10-day exponential, and 3-day exponential uh, moving averages. Just a couple stats about me. I mean, when when gold was around 2100, I was telling some of my team that I expect 1700, uh, just looking at the charts, and, and sure enough, it did hit there. Um, looking short term, uh, momentum is slightly up, 
Um, however, it, 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 the charts look like probably a bit of consolidation or base building in the next couple of months. Um, and then at, at, at that, we'll read the charts and see what they say. But I would not be surprised to see a, a continued run up from there. Uh, I think that's why, going back to my earlier comment about portfolio diversification, I would use gold and, and silver more as a diversification tool. Um, obviously, you could read the charts. You, even the best technical analysis uh, is, is only good, you know, part of, part of the time. Uh, nothing's, nothing's 100% guarantee. So I would say even if you don't have precious metals right now, it couldn't, it's not a bad time to buy some and make an allocation. I, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right in terms of, of this idea of timing the market or something like that or trading the market. Very difficult, um, especially since precious metals, you know, you have to take into consideration things like technicals. Um, but 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 there's also it's it's a market that can be so heavily influenced by things like um Oh, I guess like interest rates and, and what's happening in the stock market, what's happening elsewhere in the commodity space and also heavily influenced by, you know, the dollar uh, news items, Fed announcements, um, economic data, you name it. And, and it's an incredibly difficult market to time, um, I guess, in my opinion. You know, one one thing that I've um, kind of looked at in the past and, and at Max and something that certainly I think you would be. Uh, most knowledgeable about is is one gold uh tell tell my listeners a little bit about one gold and and you know who what type of an investor would that be for yeah so uh one gold is an online platform uh, backed by atmex and sprott uh, that allows users to buy sell and own vaulted positions of precious metals um, we offer gold silver and platinum stored at various vaults around the world including the u.s canada switzerland and the uk uh, we offer a redemption option that allows you to take possession of your metal uh, so you can redeem your positions for any of the 25,000 products available at Atmex uh, and, and metal will be shipped to you the next business day. Um, in terms of your other question about, you know, who is this right for? Um, if you want physical, we'll, we'll gladly sell you physical. I mean, I like physical. Um, obviously, at Atmex, we'll, we'll gladly sell it to you. Um, however, my thought is, Physical precious metals is not always the best option for everyone. Um, a couple examples include if you live in an apartment or shared living situation where someone may have access to your metals, obviously not the ideal situation there. Or uh, maybe you live in a high rise. I actually had a buddy who lived in a high rise in, in, in the Chicago Loop, and he's, you know, they had a, a fire truck outside his building one day. And he's like, well, that might not be good if I can't get to my metals uh, if there's ever a fire. So that's another situation. Um, People who are away from their homes for an extended period of time, if you're always traveling on for work or for vacation, you may not want to hold an, an, a, a ton of precious metals in your house. And then lastly, I, I say physical is not ideal um, if you have large amounts of wealth. Let's say you wanted to hold 100000 or a $1 million in precious metals. Um, not everyone feels comfortable having that um, stored in a safe or wherever you want to put it in your house. So I think that's, uh, that's a couple of reasons people might want to own uh, – I guess, vaulted precious, precious metals. I think that's absolutely true. You know, you have to understand that, that when you're, when you're making a, a physical purchase of a metal, um, you're, that, that metal then is at risk of, uh, as you said, not being able to have access to it or, or somebody else essentially taking it. Um, but, you know, you also have to understand that if you have, like you said, you know, a million dollars worth of, of silver or gold in your house, um, hopefully no one, Hopefully no one knows it's there, but, but if they were to find out uh, all of a sudden, 
uh, your house has a target on it. And, and unfortunately, you know, it's not just your house, not just the metals, but, but, you know, yourself, uh, your family, et cetera. And so I think you made a really good point there um, as, as far as, you know, really high wealth individuals, it just, you know, especially if it's already just a small amount of their portfolio, it makes sense to have sort of a, a digital option. Um, so tell me a little bit, you mentioned earlier um, in the case of silver, uh, in terms of how one gold essentially, you know, goes to the, the, the wholesale market in terms of thousand ounce bars and whatnot. Um, so, so if, as you said earlier, if somebody's looking to, to really affect the physical, uh, silver market, you said, you know, thousand ounce bars might be kind of the way to go. Um, so are you essentially saying that one goal is a, is a, you know, basically an outlet for that, an opportunity to do that? Yeah, that's correct. Um, let me just start by telling you basically how one gold works too, and, and we can get into a little bit about the, the, the metal sources. So, one gold starts by having agreements with different vaults around the world. Um, so, we currently have four locations where metal is, is stored. Uh, one gold then sources metal. Uh, so, these are typically 400 ounce gold bars and 1,000 ounce silver bars. Uh, the metal is then listed on one gold. Um, so, one gold doesn't actually sell metal that it does not own. So, if we have X number of ounces, only X number of ounces are available for sale. We're never going to sell you a, a, an unbacked promise. Um, during periods of high demand, we actually have paused metal sales on one gold until we could acquire more. Um, so th- this has happened a couple times in the past. Uh, when metal is purchased um, by the customer, it's actually owned by the customer. So it doesn't appear anywhere on one gold's balance sheet. So in the unlikely event that one gold were to go under, uh, the customer actually has title to their metal. They don't need to worry about uh, a, a promise from Amex or one gold or Sprott uh, to, to pay this thing. The metal actually exists and, and it's the customer's uh the customer has title to that. We offer different payment methods, such as ACH transfer, wire, PayPal, credit card, BitPay, uh, and personal check. Uh, premiums on one gold are very attractive. Um, since customers generally own a, a part of a larger gold or silver bar, gold's roughly $15 over spot or 80 basis points. Silver is uh, 50 cents over spot or roughly 2%. Um, and platinum's about $40 over spot or 3.7%. Um, all metals insured um, for, for damage or, or, or theft or loss. Uh, we post inventory online listing the manufacturer, serial numbers, uh, and purity of the bars. Uh, in the U.S., Switzerland, and the U.K., inventory is counted and verified by a top 10 uh, accounting firm. Canada, inventory is audited by the Canadian government. And as I mentioned before, if you want to take possession of your metal, you, we offer a redemption option. So as, as you mentioned, uh, regarding the creating, I guess, a squeeze in the, in the silver market. One gold is directly purchasing from the wholesale market. So as everyone makes purchases on one gold, it is depleting the wholesale market supply. You know, I like that you mentioned um, the, the, the the nature of which one gold accounts are essentially set up in which the, the, the holder of the metals is, you know, the, the, the metals are basically in their name. Uh, certainly that is a concern for a lot of a lot of investors in this space, um, especially in, in you know past few months, where there's been concerns about that, people you know just basically unable to access their metals, and and you know other companies, um, you know digital or or vaulting services, and certainly that raises questions. I think rightfully so about whether or not the metals there for you. To, so for you to say that uh, there's been times in the past where you won't go to the market or, or you'll you'll close the ability to, to buy more. Um, precious metals because you can't go to the market and, and source enough um, supply that's 
uh, hopefully that's that's comforting to, to any kind of prospective customers. Uh, you know, one other thing about one goal that I wanted to ask you about was their auto invest program. I wanted to, you know, kind of hear your thoughts on that. And, and, and maybe we can start by just you, you talking about what it is in the first place. Yeah. So the auto invest program is a, is a program that allows customers to uh, set uh, a, a certain day and dollar amount to make an investment in, into precious metals. Uh, I w- once read a quote um, from Albert Einstein that once said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, basically, what that means is a little investment today will turn into a big investment in the future. Um, so with auto investment, you could sl- select, let's say you wanted to invest every single month. You wanted to invest a certain dollar every month, and then you wanted to keep on investing it. Uh, if you look o- over the, the past 50 years, gold has averaged a 10.9% nominal return, silver a 13.4% nominal return. Uh Obviously, no one knows the future. No one knows if precious metals are going to continue to re- give these type of returns. However, if, if you just assume, let's say, a 10% return per year, you invested $400 a month for 30 years, uh, you'd have $1.1 million at the end of that period. So Auto Invest allows you to, to basically set your investment and forget it, to say, you know what? I want to start building my wealth. I like gold. I like silver. I'm going to invest a couple hundred dollars every month, take it out of my paycheck, or maybe you want to do it every two weeks when you get paid. Take a couple, you know, a little bit, a little bit of money, and after several years, you start building and compounding your wealth. You know, that's that's a. In the past, I've heard the term uh, "paying myself first. I guess I've heard people talk about that, in which they'll when they when they get paid, when they when they get their paycheck, they set aside a portion of that immediately right off the bat to go into uh, an investment. In this case, you no know, precious metals. And, and, and I think that's a really good option. I think that that's uh, this idea of, of investing every two weeks when you get paid or, or however often you get paid. Um, and I think it works well for the, um, you know, before we're talking about the high wealth individuals, but, but there's a lot of people out there that might only have enough money for one or two ounces of, of silver um, or, or, you know, a, a gram of gold, you know, every pay period. Uh, that's all they're they're setting aside, and certainly something like one gold is going to give them a better uh, option to do that versus you know let's say buying buying straight from from Atmex, uh, having a coin or two delivered, um, because oftentimes at at a certain price you're then worrying about shipping prices. You're dealing with oftentimes a very high premium on that silver, and. And so one gold can give you the option to, to like you said, auto invest on a, on a biweekly basis or a weekly or monthly basis um, in order to kind of do that at a consistent pace. You know, otherwise, you know, if you're going to try and save up, you know, four hundred dollars, let's say for, for a single purchase from Atmex, um, that could take uh, take several months. And oftentimes that money all of a sudden isn't there anymore because, you know, we all are uh, not always the best with our own you know purchasing decisions in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of things on, on that too is is as you mentioned with with physical. If if you're purchasing in, in smaller quantities, sometimes it doesn't make sense to pay the shipping all the time. Like let's say for example, you said you said that two ounces of silver, you don't want to pay shipping on two ounces of silver every every two weeks or every month. Obviously, your your investment is probably not going to see the returns it could have have seen if you keep on paying shipping. Um, another thing to consider too on on one gold for for those people in states where precious metals are taxed. Uh, you could get into one gold and, and completely avoid the sales tax. Well, there you go. I mean, that's a, I know in the past, um, 
finding uh, uh, metals that that wouldn't be taxed in my own state is difficult. I mean, oftentimes you have to go across a border, you have to find, you know, and so I think uh, that's a that's a very real concern for a lot of of, of uh, investors, because as you said, just like with shipping, taxes are cut directly into um, any potential realized gains. Um, you know, so just kind of wrapping things up here, Patrick, I wanted to to know if there's anything else you wanted to um, talk about or if you had any sort of closing comments for the day. Yeah, I would recommend uh, checking us out at onegold.com. Uh, we also have an app uh, that's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Uh, we'll actually give you $5 for free to test out our platform uh, so you can buy and sell and, and play around with it. See if you like it. Uh, and if you have any questions, feel free to email me at patrick.yip at appmex.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Patrick, for being an excellent guest on this day. And I, uh, I hope we can have you back at some point in the future. Great. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks.